Hello, welcome to History Now. With me, you can add my friend uh, Dougie. Come on, Dougie, introduce yourself. Well, hello. <laughs> Funny thing, um, I should say up front to this recording that if I sound a little um, confused, it's because I've just come back from the the local Conservative Party barbecue down in the village, and it <laughs> and it went on a lot longer than I thought. There was rides and stalls and a raffle, and I I won a decanter, and so I'm back here, and I'm really pleased to be recording. But I'm just letting you know that my memory might be a little uh, fuzzy, but I'm raring to go, and isn't that what counts, Hugh? Well, I, I, I have no doubt of your professionalism. I just doubt uh, your sanity and ability as a historian. Uh, so, this week, what are we talking about this week, Dougie? Well, we're talking about uh, one of the most uh, iconic uh, women in all of history, uh, Boudicca, or Boudicca, or Bodicea, or Bodidli, depending on which tradition, oral or otherwise, you follow. A warrior woman of ancient Britain who famously took on the Romans and up to a point won. But she did, she did, didn't she? She did win until she lost. Well, for the purpose of our, purpose of our listeners, um, this is something that is particularly close to your heart, isn't it? Because you, you, you have written many books about uh, ancient Britain. You've been chomping at the bit to get into this story, and I'm interested because I want to know uh, what's true and what's hogwash, you know, what's fact and what's fiction. So I believe that you are going to steer this one, aren't you? And, and, and... That's right, yeah. Well, I think uh, hogwash is uh, the place where uh, that boy Harry Potter went. Who will come on to later. Oh, jolly good, jolly good. Okay, then. So, yeah, I do, I do love a broad woman who's willing to, like, put her chin forward especially towards some Italians. No, absolutely. I mean, the Italian, if anyone needs to be shown their place, it's the Italians. I mean, they can, they can dress themselves up in togas and call themselves Romans, but we know they're just Italians underneath those gowns. They can't queue, can they? No. Right. So, um, basically, Rudica, this amazing figure, spoken about by the men who, who dashed her down, she uh, she was forgotten for many years. Uh, Boudicca itself, we're talking the first century uh, A.D. or C.E., if you don't believe in Jesus, uh, defined by around about the midway point, isn't it? It's around about sort of A.D. 60 is the big uprising. It's the big the big, the big, big fight where she, she showed those Romans who was boss, you know? Well, this is it, isn't it? So the Romans, so the first mention of the Brits is uh, Tiberius was going to come over on holiday, I think. For the benefit of our listeners, uh, remind mm. us who Tiberius is. So he's an emperor mm. uh, of the Romans, also known as the Italians, you see. Uh, he, was a, he was a sort of an average one. His mum was a bit uh, nasty, apparently, but then the, the, the Romans didn't really like the ladies. See, they didn't really, they, they do, I, I found that I, looking to Boudicca, don't really like the ladies. Like, there was Agrippa. Yes, Agrippa, Agrippina. Cleopatra. Exactly. Elena, um, Frida, any woman whose name ends in A, Romans didn't like Barbara. Barbara hated Barbara. They never watched The Good Life. No. Nothing. That's jolly good. Well, it's aged very well, unlike the Romans. They were just a load of old misogynists, weren't they, Hugh? Really? (laughs) 
So, uh, the Romans came to England with Tiberius, and they saw some naked men painted blue, and they thought, oh, no, thank you. So they ran away again. Ah, so these are one of the tr- the many tribes of, of, of ancient Britain that, that, that ruled. I mean, let, let's, let's, let's actually take a moment there to, to paint a picture of what ancient Britain was like around about the first century AD. It was basically it had divided up into tribes, and there were various uh, warlords, um, robber barons, and um, uh, popular entertainers who ruled over the various regions. So there was a uh, Mercia, Londinium, Camulodunum, uh, which we'll come on to, and uh, and and basically there was relative peace under the Romans, but some weren't happy, were they? No. I think they were a little bit rude with each other, the way that some neighbours can be. I mean, my neighbour sometimes parks in an enormous jeep outside, doesn't move it for, like, days. And uh, it's quite frustrating, Hugh. especially if one's bringing in the shopping. You uh, And Helen does get her like to go over word, but he just shouts. You yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. So, AD 43. Rome run out of places to invade. That has nice weather. So Claudius sent some elephants oh, to invade Britain. Clavdivs. Yes, that's right, Clavdivs. Clavdivs. Uh, Clavdivs, yes. yes. And the people of Britannica, as it was called then. Britannica, uh, that's right, I always get that Yeah, uh, It was called Englandica as well, uh, Kentica and uh, Lundica. Um, and so uh, the people of Britannica, they went, oh, I don't like the elephants. They immediately gave up, really. Um, and so Claudius came over, visited for a couple of weeks, realised it's a little chilly, a little drizzly. And uh, said, I'll build a temple here. And then he went off home. And where, and then, where is this temple? So, this is it. Well, we'll get to that. Somewhere oh. called Colchesteria. It's not actually called that. I'm just adding some fiction. But, yes, Colchester, it's called. Uh, but we'll get to that. Jumping ahead. Jumping ahead as we do in history. I'm, so- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you. I'm... Perhaps you had a few too many uh, port or sherries with, uh, with your auditory. But it, was, it, was, it was actually a um, cloudy cider. And nobody wanted it because it was fermenting rather aggressively. And I decided to do the. And listen, this is not the time of the. We're, we're focusing on the first century AD. So for 20 years, Roman Britain got on with it. Uh, they built some central eating, they ate pasta and anchovies and things. And then they started taxing people. Okay? Uh, it always comes down to money, doesn't it? Doesn't it, though? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, and then, so Britannica, they started exporting at that point. Like, they stopped painting themselves blue, thought embarrassing let's not mention that start exporting like grain gold silver iron hides they did and slaves big on slaves unfortunately hunting dogs eggs bacon potato waffles optional beans although i recommend the number seven without mushrooms see i thought that Um, was a particularly interesting transition because the optional beans of course replaced the compulsory beans that they were all forced to eat under roman rule and the iron will of the of the roman emperor was absolute and i remember reading one account by tacitus whereby an entire village was forced at sword point to eat beans until all the men burst and to this day if you go to that village you're not allowed to have beans do you know what astonishes me what they get 57 different varieties of beans into one tiny tin well that's the mystery of heinz so, oh, you mentioned Astus, didn't you? So he was writing just 30 years after the uprising. And then 200 years later, there's another chap called, I think you know his name, Ronnie 
Cassius. Ronnie Cassius Dio. Yes. That's him. Uh, no, That's him. And he was a very distinguished Roman historian. And he was uh, had a brilliantly powerful singing voice and also recorded a couple of excellent uh, concept albums, which we know existed because of the etchings on the side of some urns uh, that depict the various songs that, that uh, Dio wrote, uh, such as Stargazer, Holy Diver, and, of course, Rainbow in the Dark, which I believe is actually all about Boudicca. Um, Chilling. Chilling, isn't it? So the fact that we have these these pottery relics tells us so much, not only about uh, Ronnie Cassius Dio, but also about Boudicca. And we'll be referring back to his source uh, again and again, won't we? Uh, so, Dastus and uh, Ronnie Cassius uh, Dio. Um, so uh, they uh, they give us all this information. So um, so right here we go. Ready? So Boudicca mm. married to. Prasutagus. Can you say that even after your your uh, Tory knees up? Can you say Prasutagus, Dougie? Prasutagus. Well done. He was uh, he was the, he was allowed to be the king of the Iceni, you see, which was a tribe in Essex. Um, he, uh, the, he we can actually short it to uh, Pras if you want, uh, but we shouldn't get him uh, confused with Pras, the rapper from the Fugees. No, um, uh, writer of the Grammy-nominated song. Ghetto superstar because he wasn't. He was a king. But it's very interesting um, you mentioned the Fugees because the Fugees, ready or not, samples a track by Enya, which is called Boudicca. I mean, how about that? Chilling. Uh, so, so Sotagos uh, or Praz, uh, some say he was a puppet king. Doesn't mean he was a king of puppets. Or, or he that did... he was made of felt. Um, so, yes, so he wasn't that sort of puppet king. He, he was put in by the Romans, just to keep the Iceni happy. Now, the Iceni... The Iceni was Boudicca's tribe, under Praz. Yes, precisely. So there are, there are some people say uh, there are different uh, meanings of Iceni. Some people say it's the uh, people of the river. Other people say it's Watson. There's also uh, the Latin disappointed chuff monkeys. And then uh, the one which I think is probably true, actually, is Popple Guzzling White Socks. Yes, I've, I've, I've heard that before. Yeah. So yeah. Be I mean, Essex is full of Popple Guzzling uh, White Socks, I believe. Uh, not that I've been. Uh, well, I mean, I, I would never go into Essex. I mean, then or now. But you know that. I mean, I, I, once, uh, I, I once saw a sign for Essex and I immediately, you know, slammed down the handbrake and I took the whole family back in the car. You know, Good for I, you. There's nowhere to park. There's nowhere to park in the whole county. Why would you park? Why would you stop? Why would you stop in Essex? Apparently, the best thing about Essex is a dead vole on a roundabout on the way out of Essex. And, 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 and honestly, I don't even think that vole's there anymore. So the best thing about Essex isn't even there. Now, that tells you so much about how bad it is. An abs the absent vole of Essex. Many cryptozoologists would be absolutely fascinated to hear our take on the absent vole of Essex, alongside Bigfoot, uh, Yeti, and the Loch Lomond monster. Okay, so so what happened when Prasutagus snuffed it then? When uh, Prasutagus died, he left his property to Nero. Nice thing to not cafe Nero, uh, and uh, and he left it to Nero and his two daughters who are Boudicca's daughters, because they were married and, and they'd had sex and they'd had daughters, see? So, and he left Boudicca a lovely 
a three-bedroom semi-detached house in uh, Battledon, Beach Hut in Clacton, uh, an allotment just on the outskirts of Braintree. I don't know what that is. And a modest family car with a dodgy fan belt. You know when they go... And, um, and a radio that had a tape of Kajagoogoo stuck in them. Do you remember Kajagoogoo? I do, certainly. I'm I, I, I too shy, shy, hush, hush, by the by. That, that's it. Um, but uh, this old chap, this uh, Roman procurator, um, which is somebody who's who's like very, very into curators, see? Loves people who find museums. So this Roman procurator, Catus Decianus, decides to take everything. Oh, that's that's just mean, isn't it? Sick rude, isn't it? And uh, and and she was um, she was flogged with a cat, see, which I think is called mogged. Um, and her daughters were uh, brutalised quite nastily. We won't get into that. Um, and this made Boudicca very very angry. She and she turned to the IC and he said, hey, "Boys," and they rose up and Catastasiani uh, ran off to stay with his friend Asterix of Gaul. See. So by now, Boudicat lost her husband, Praz, and uh, two daughters brutalised. Working mother, two prepubescent daughters, prominent member of the local PTA, apparently. She took charge. Well, she was a, well, she was a natural orator, wasn't it? I mean, uh, Cassius Dio, old Ronnie, he attributed a, some very powerful oratory skills to, to Boudicca, didn't he? And, 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 and we have a record of the famous speeches that she sort of roused uh, her people into insurgency and roused them into battle. And I think, I think, it's, a, I think it's a powerful message to this day, uh, is, is, is what uh, Dio attributed to, to Buddha. Now, we don't know it's true, but I think from the evidence, it, it seems to be pretty much on the mark, and you can expect her to be saying this to the Icenes to get them into action. Um, okay. if you, if you, I have a little excerpt from it here, if you, if you don't mind. Listen, you lot, I don't care much not nothing for none of this shit. So if you got, like, problem with that and that, then you got, like, you know, just take your shit back in it. And that is why those Roman buggers are going to get, like, the wrong end of my of my stick. So stirring. Isn't it, though? And there's been lots of debate over what, what they meant by wrong end of the stick. And I think that's where we get the phrase, the wrong end of the stick, from Boudicca's mm. famous speech. So she joined the Iceni with her neighbours, uh, the Trinovantes. See, a lovely and family. Yes, like, yeah, really, really lovely. Actually, they're really nice. They've got a got a lovely little boy, very quiet. He just sort of stares. Well, he's a mute, isn't he? I, I I don't know. I think I heard him scream once when I drove too close. Oh, so, sorry, um, no, he's not a mute. He's a Pisces. Sorry, I got that all wrong. Sorry. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the Trinovantes, um, uh, they're very vigorous people. And, uh, and uh, they said, right, what should we do then? She said, let's do uh, Colchester. Well, absolutely. Called, I mean, I mean, who wouldn't? If you are planning to attack Rome, the first place you would target is Colchester. First place. First yeah, place. I think, I think there was a queue of, uh, of ancient Britons desperate to just sack it. Really sack it, you know. Yes. And of, of course, back then it was known as uh, Come on Ludunum. It was very near to Come on Eileenum. And uh, just for have a quarter from Come on, feel the noise. No, they went for Come on, Dunham, which is Colchester now. And uh, so, but ironically, so Colchester had been the capital of the Trinovantes. And so uh, when, the, uh, when, but when the Romans had arrived, they kicked them all out, turned it into a retirement home uh, with all the amenities like 
the Roman temple to Claudius that we discussed earlier, like with re wheelchair access and that. Really big tellies, a bit too hot, you know, the way the old people's houses are. Well, they also, they used to put on regular wrestling on a Saturday afternoon, didn't they, which they would watch. Yeah, with Big Daddyus. Big Daddyus Grand, and... Uh, Grandus Daddyus. Yes, and, and uh, Gigantus Haystackers. That's him. Yes. So yeah, and um, and so uh, when uh, when the people of of just a word Rudica and our mates run away, they send a fax to the uh, Roman governor Gaius Suetonius Paulinus. Oh, here, or uh, uh, Paul, um, who is on holiday with soldiers in Anglesea, um, quite freaked out by the druid's hair, and um, and he said, "I'll come then." And, and well, the this is the bit I never understood about Guy Suetonius Paulinus. I mean, you've got all that money and prestige and position, and you choose to go, you know, to a small island off the coast of North Wales. Why, why, would, why would you bother going anywhere near Wales? There's some very, there's some very, very cheap uh, Airbnb. Yes, I, I understand that, but it's also you've got to navigate so many Welsh just to get there. I mean, why bother? I quite enjoy going across the bridge and makes me feel giddy. Well, I mean, I, you you can do what you like. You've always you've always you've always been a much more adventurous than I. I just I just don't see the appeal of the Welsh, you know. So the people of Colchester, let's not get on. I know I know how you feel about them, mm. about our uh, Western chums. Uh, I don't feel the same way. I think I think Welsh chap won the door. raffle. You know, absolutely furious. What did he win? He won a he won a timeshare in Torquay. I thought he's not, he, I thought I, I really wanted that. So um, the people of people in Colchester, they called out to their chum um, holidaying in uh, Wales, and then they buried all of their valuables, like their mobiles and their laptops, their favourite hats, um, underneath a department store called Phoenix. Uh, and it wasn't found for, until 2014 by uh, some chap called Adam. Okay. So Peter uh, arrives hmm. with the with the Arsini, Trinavantes, a couple of people called Eric, I don't know, and a completely decimated Colchester, killing everybody, burning the town to the ground, including the, all the department stores, multi-story car parks, even like the Wimpy. And I would have thought they'd quite like a Wimpy, but no, all of it destroyed, gone, done, finished. How's the end of it? See? That's why there isn't a Colchester anymore. It's just a myth, isn't it? Like Atlantis. Yes, or, or Avalon. Hmm, and Abba. And then, uh, seeing this, uh, the other tribes of Britannica, who obviously haven't been getting on, went up. Oh, we probably better get along with Boudicca because uh, she seems to be uh, well. By by this point, she, she she'd exerted herself, hadn't she, as 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 a supreme force to be reckoned with. Precisely. I'd imagine a lot of people thought maybe she could unite the the disparate tribes and warlords uh, against the common enemy, which was, of course, you know, the Romans. But sadly, it was not to be, was it? No, well, well, no. She did all right. She got, she, she got them, uh, and then uh, she sacked London. Then, then called Londinium, only twenty years old at the time, hardly out of town school, still didn't really know how to do suburbs, and um, sacked that, ruined that. Uh, Paulinus arrived, Paulinus, and uh, well, the footballer. And, yeah, and uh, he was going to fight her, but he was a bit tired after his journey back from holiday. He went, oh no. Um, then they sent the quack. Groups of the Ninth Legion. Oh no, those guys were absolutely formidable, weren't they? I I, I, so I remember reading a, a quote by Tacitus, 
and uh, forgive the language, but it, it's representative of the time. But I think Tacitus wrote that the Ninth Legion were fucking hardcore. Yes, that that's exactly that's exactly it. They were, but still Those, didn't matter. No, Brudica did them, did them. All gone. She was absolutely incredible woman, wasn't she? I, I, she was having it basically. She they, took she took it home and told them to cash it in the bank, didn't she? I I think she did. Yes, exactly. Uh, then she went on to destroy a uh, Verulanium, which is now St Albans, and uh, Unobtainium, which is now known as an Avatar. Um, and then, uh, and uh, all of this we know is actually true, you see, because uh, there are destruction layers in these towns, you see, and and so like sometimes have some towns have like uh, princess layers. A lot of places in Essex have like brick layers, but these places have destruction layers. Which, when you dig down far enough, you find like ash, rubble, glass, human bone fragments, out-of-date prunes, broken bedside lamps, sandwiches, or, or off sandwiches, uh, some old Radio Times, not even the Christmas ones. Lots of rubbish. Marmite. But she just sat. No, no, I don't think so. Oh, sorry. And uh, so then, after this, they were all a bit tired by now, and uh, so Pauline has with 10,000 men, turned up 10,000 men? 10,000. I mean, that, that, that reflects One, just... Two, no, no, three, no, no, no. Four, I'll take it as red. Count them all. You don't need to count them all, Hugh. Okay. Well, there's a lot. But I, I, so, I, mean, I think that that just reflects just how much of a threat Boudicca was, and the whole Boudiccan revolt was unheard of on those, 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 those septic aisles. Mm. And 10,000 men were sent to just fight what was essentially a, uh, a woman and her mates. Yeah, but she did have, a, I think it was about 23 million mates. Oh, I see. Well, that, that would explain absolutely why they were formidable. I mean, if you've got 23 million people fighting alongside, mates or otherwise, mm. then you're going to be yeah. quite quite, a, quite, an, quite a, an aggressive opponent, aren't you? Yeah, if an acquaintance turns up with a brick, I mean, he's in there fighting off those men with tigers. Uh, so uh, he goes to meet her on Watling Street, which now known as the M6, uh, probably somewhere between the Corley Welcome Break Services and the Stafford Road Chef, which is very good, actually. It's really nice coffee, not too bitter, um, and quite clean toilets. I mean, well, they, they, don't, they know how to cook coffee, though. They don't burn the beans, don't they? they... No, no. Or grind them much, to be honest. Um, so they meet the, uh, the three or four men that Paul Innes has brought, and the 60 billion that have joined Boudicca. And uh, they say they they stand at the end of uh, the M6 in a tiny little alleyway. And they say, come at me. The, uh, this is the Romans. Come at me or come out. Come out as as me. And, uh, and so the men of Essex and their chums all pile through this tiny little um, area, this tiny little alleyway. And then because, because of their uh, love of Parmesan, Paul Innes forms a wedge. You see, Cheesy wedge that, of men. That, you see, which, which of course uh, replicates the Battle of Thermopylae, wasn't it? Whether the Spartans were able to beat an uh, enemy much greater in, in number because they also knew how to wear a nice wedge. And I think, and I think the, 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 the Romans learnt that from the Greeks. I think you're talking about the mods, actually. They had a wedge. When they're yep. fighting the rock. No, that's right. Yes, I'm thinking of Brighton. Sorry, carry yeah. on. Yeah. That's carry all right. On. That's all right. 
Right. I've got a bit of a headache now. It's got that weird thing where it just fades and you haven't replenished. So, uh, Thank God it was cloudy. Thank God the uh, side it was cloudy. Oh, yes. Too fizzy. And so, so Paul Innes goes in with his five or six friends, wipes out everybody, everybody, except uh, Boudicca, who, uh, well, I think there are two different... Tasta says that she, uh, she just goes off and poisons herself. I don't know what she ate. There was a lot of bad food then. Um, while uh, while uh, Dio says uh, she uh, she just sort of got a bit sick. Well, if she was near that services, then she probably had one of those pastries that had been out behind the glass for days. Poorly welcome break services. Yes, it, exactly. Yeah. Probably one of those pastries. and That would have done it, wouldn't it? The cheese and onion. Yes. Cheese and onion, yeah. Cheese and yeah. onion pastry. Oh. I mean, nobody should make a cheese and onion pastry. It's, it, pastries, are, pastries are sweet, you know? Mm. I mean, well, why Actually, would they think that? What, what, what is what is wrong with the people at this service station? They think that's acceptable. It's just not acceptable. I've uh, I've had, I feel very good actually for one thing. You see, now sometimes I have the windows up and I have all the the, uh, the heating on in the car, but it makes my eyes very dry. You can just dab cheese and onion uh, pasty from the Corley Welcome Break Services around your eyes, and it can really bring them back to life. Yes, well, but it, it, did, it didn't bring Boudicca back to life, did it? No, this is it. Boudicca's dead now. That was it. Like that, she was gone. Chilling. That's right, chilling. But I understand she was given a very lavish burial. Uh, Yes, yes. uh, Well, well, this is it, you see. Now, many people believe that she was buried uh, under St Pancras Station next to Harry Potter. Um, Platform, I don't know which one it is, Um, but... uh, I think it's sort of twelve. I think it's uh, twelve and seven. Twelve and seven eighths. Six eight. and eleven eighths. Eleven eighths. Yes, yes. Eleven eighths. That's right. Mm-hmm. So it's six and eleven eighths next to Harry Potter, the corpse of Harry Potter, the boy king, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's where you'll find her. And unfortunately, due to gentrification and replacing the rail lines, and of course the industrial revolution, so much layering has been put on top of both uh, the corpses of Boudicca and Potter that uh, the chance of being able to find these remains, uh, unlike old Richard III in the car park in, in Leicester, the chance of being able to find the remains um, are, are virtually none. And all we have is just a, a the eulogy of, um, of Ronnie Cassius Dio in, 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 in his beautiful poem, Rainbow in the Dark. Um, and I think, I think if, you, if you indulge me, I'd like to read it out. Oh, what a lovely way to finish. What a I lovely way to a lovely finish. Because I suppose this is all we have left of Boudicca. She is very much a rainbow in the dark. So, <clears throat> when there's lightning, you know it always brings me down. Because it's free and I see that it's me who's lost and never found. Oh, yeah. I cry out for magic. I feel it dancing in the light. It was cold, lost my hold to the shadows of the night. No sign of the morning coming. You've been left on your own, like a rainbow in the dark. A rainbow in the dark. All right, well, on that then, uh, thanks very much uh, for listening. Um, Please join us again for uh, more uh, historical chills. Absolutely, and and, and remember, if you like what you've heard, please like and subscribe, and you can find out more on our uh, social media accounts. Uh, The links are at the bottom uh, underneath the information about my many degrees. 
and um, and Hughes Bronze Swimming Certificate. So uh, thank you so much for showing. Don't, don't just spray it on the car when I when I park near the school. Don't just spray what you think on the car, what you think of me. That's not funny. Ta uh, take care, everyone. Until next time, remember, you're a rainbow in the dark. This podcast was produced, written and performed by Adrian McKinder and James Devonshire with music by Mike Jones. If you enjoyed what you heard and you would like to hear some more, you can hear some more where you found this one. Thank you.